Hello, welcome to another week of the Fiber Coven podcast. We're so happy to be here with each other and with you to talk about some yarny stuff and some witchy stuff. I'm Lauren from Valkyrie Fibers. And I'm Emily from Kitty with a Cupcake. We'll kick it off with our news. We have our mystery knit along the source of evil MCAL, and that is officially wrapping up on January 31st. That is your last day to enter your finished objects for prizes in the Discord thread. Yes. Uh, and if you don't yeah. like a mystery, the photos are up on my Instagram. I did a whole video about it on TikTok, and you can see it on Ravelry and Payhip. Woo. It's really cool. I like it a lot. And uh, there might be a pattern update that includes, includes an alternate version at some point, mm-hmm. which is very cool. Awesome sauce. And then you're going to have a show at the end of the month, too? Yes, I will be at the World Oddities Expo in Pittsburgh on July 28th. Um, it's basically all day. January. Oh, yeah. Wow. I That was a brain moment. It's January. It's the one that's like soon and not like six months away. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yes, I have also it's in so it's in Pittsburgh, but I have been confusing Pittsburgh and Philadelphia like the whole time I've been planning this event. And those are two different places and they're far away from each other. <laughs> mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, January 28th. That World one. Oddities Expo. Indeed. Yay. I am so excited for you to send me pictures of the oddities that you encounter. Yes, I will see things. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So for finished objects, I did finish a thing. I finished a skein of yarn. Oh, it's pretty. Yeah. So these are the Camino Rolex from our wonderful coven member and friend Marina of Rapunzel Fiber Arts. It was inspired by the planet Camino in Star Wars. It's 92% Merino, 4% Mulberry Silk, and 4% Bamboo. And it is this gorgeous blend of like blacks and blue greens. And it does look like a sea storm at night. It's so beautiful. And I'm going to make a headband for my friend who is a rapid Star Wars fangirl who has lighter hair than me. So I think it'll really show up nice. And it's just so special and squishy. This is a four ounce. This is four ounces worth of fiber. And I think it's spun up to like a DK. I did three plies. I did the individual plies on my Turkish spindle and then applied them up on my e-spinner. And I think that was a really good idea. I'm really happy with the way this turned out. It's light and so squishy and just what I like. Um, So I got the sweater quantity of Rolex from the same uh, Carter. Carter, what do you say? Fiber artist? Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway. Blender person. Fiber blender. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I got a sweater quantity from Marina in this. uh, And it's going to be like a grungy version of your the yarn you use for your blaster cardi. The base is like grays, but there's pops of color. Um, so I think I want to spin it up the same way with the plies and the drop spindle and uh, applying it up on the e-spinner. So hopefully I can get more yarn like this. Wow. Yeah. I have to decide what weight to make the yarn though. We shall mm-hmm. see. And that's what I finished. Very nice. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I sort of finished a thing. I finished all of the knitting and like knitting finishing on the aforementioned blaster cardi but this sweater has 10 buttonholes and i had nine Mm -hmm. buttons that i wanted to use so i had to order buttons i know oh no ordering buttons but i got 10 rainbow buttons and i think the pink in the rainbow is going to match the pink in the existing nine buttons so i can decide if i want one rainbow contrast button or if i just like the rainbow buttons better 
maybe I'll use all 10 of the rainbow buttons. And those were that just delivered really while we have been talking on Zoom. So those are waiting for me at my house. Excellent. I haven't blocked this yet because it's, you know, kind of anticlimactic to block something that's not going to be like finished after you block it. So it's been hard to motivate mm-hmm. myself to block this because the buttons weren't here yet. But now they'll be mm-hmm. here. But here it is. It's off the needles. Yeah. You said you got all your ends woven in and everything. I did. I wove in all of my ends this past weekend. There were quite a lot of them uh, because, you know, it's a multi-ball project and the construction of the sweater, you're picking up and binding off at different places. So I had a butt ton of ends. But it's very nice. Awesome. Yes. And it will be good. I need to, I'm going to try it on and determine like if I'm going for anything in the blocking process. I have tried it on. It fits, but I haven't like really looked in the mirror and like assessed if I want to try and like make the hem longer or something in that process or if I want to keep it the same. It does need a block though, because the, um, the lace detail bit is really wanting to like flap up. Uh, Mm -hmm. and this lace is also like scrunchy and it needs to be. Yeah blocked out to relax lace loves being blocked yes this i think this yarn is gonna love being blocked too because it's like a really wooly nice yarn it has a lot of memories so it's very like it has tension in some places like where the arm pickup was and stuff that will totally block out i'd say awesome well what have you been working on that was my biggest thing that i was working on was just doing all of that garbage i did all the button bands (laughs) and stuff so uh, hard to finish something up it is especially like all of the fiddly bits were at the end i had to do the longest pickup i had to do the math for the longest pickup i had to re- like weave in all those ends and stuff so that's pretty much what i've done i did exactly two rows on my clue to only shawl because i did mm-hmm. a tiktok about mosaic knitting and i knit those two rows on the tiktok and then mm-hmm. i have worked a bit on this um yeah. welcome to night Vale. Uh, Musselberg hat because it's like my plain vanilla situation so mm-hmm. I have worked on this well doing appointments and just like random other stuff so it's getting longer but you you have to knit this for like quite a while so it's not even mm-hmm. halfway done yet I think yeah I too have a vanilla hat I'm working on for vanilla stuff I'm taking a trip coming up so I'll probably get a lot more progress on this it I'm just doing like a sock head style hat. I'm working on the brim. That's looking it, good. It, yeah, it's really fun. I don't have my little tag, but I will tag it. Oh, here it is. It is from Hanalei Hand Dyed Yarn. And it's the um, Kalalau colorway. And it's you know, hand dyed in Hawaii. My friend picked this up for me while she was visiting a few years ago. And I'm really excited. I love the way the colors knit up. I've been really enjoying it. I love looking at this, but I don't think it's like the colors that I like to wear. So this will definitely be a gift, but it makes me really happy. I should have brought yarn to chaotically show at you to determine if I need to bring another project with me to Pittsburgh. Mm. Mm -hmm. Should I do socks? Should I do another hat? Who can say? Chaos. Your clue too is pretty vanilla-y. I would say to bring that and your... Yeah, I could only work on that like at the show if the show is pretty slow, though. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe just some backup yarn in case for like socks. Throw some random nitpicks. I'm in the same boat determining how much yarn to pack for a weekend away. But I think I'll be good with the projects I have on the needles. Mm -hmm. Um, Because the other day. Sorry, go ahead. 
I was going to say, because I'm visiting my grandma and we both share a love of puzzles. So maybe I'll be doing some puzzling. Oh, you love puzzles. I love puzzles. <laughs> Um, the other day when I was looking for uh, a, the yarn to start this project, I looked for my Appa yarn ball and I couldn't figure out where the heck I have put that thing. Uh, mm -hmm. It wasn't in my regular places. I might have put it in Chad's knitting stash because they're going mm -hmm. to be Chad socks. So I have to look in there. But that's an option. For <sighs> random Chad Appa socks. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, I've been also knitting on the shorts for my nephew. I have about a month until his birthday and I am well on pace to finish them up. I, oh my gosh, it's a tangled disaster, but I am on the first leg. You can't really see what's going on. Mm -hmm. Is it for my nephew? Who's a teenager, the size of a grown man. So I'm making some modifications to the sports pattern by Stephen West, even more modifications than the ones I make for Mr. Valkyrie. I added a little bit of length before like kind of grafting the crotch bit together and I'm adding a little bit of length to the legs. So there's that. And I also am adding that afterthought pocket, which I'll be doing later. And uh, I think it's coming along really good. I'm using my second breakfast colorway and shadow facts. The second breakfast is like a tealy green and the shadow facts is an off white. Actually, this one's just more creamy. Honestly, it's not really my Shadow Facts colorway. I just threw some vanilla dye powder in the pot and went with it. But it's the closest one to the one I dye. <laughs> um, it's more of a one of a kind. And I wanted the high contrast because my nephew is super colorblind and he likes high contrast. Nice. He's a sweet baby angel. Yeah. 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 So I'm thinking hopefully I'll get these done pretty soon so that I can move on to like the other projects I've been dreaming about and buying yarn for like you do mm -hmm. and then my main my main squeeze has been my heirloom temperature blanket yeah i want to see the progress mm -hmm. this so is fun this i'm is gonna get to progress. see it every week uh, you are so I, i've been using i kept i put the little ahsoka marker in from ubebe beads i've been using all my star wars ubebe beads markers in this and it makes me so happy so I've gotten about an inch and a half since last week and do two rows of mosaic crochet each day. It's like knitting mosaic technique where you're just using one color at a time. It's really nice. It's a really beginner friendly pattern and I love it. It's cool because you can see like January started off cold and then it had to warm up to snow and it wouldn't stop snowing. And now it's kind of tapered off of snowing and it's cold again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm doing this in my temperature gradient colorways nice it's making me happy yeah definitely <laughs> bringing this project uh, away for a weekend is such a silly thing mm -hmm. um, so but i'm doing it you're going away but you're using the temperatures at your house mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. oh my gosh that would be uh, that would be i thought about that that would be mm -hmm. pretty interesting if you did it like can you imagine if you were a world traveler and you based did it based off of where you were for the day i think it would like, turn out less pretty yeah yeah, especially if you like random bits. took a trip to a different hemisphere where it was a different season. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, no, I'm definitely going to have it be for Tahoe. Mm -hmm. Have you been working on anything else? Uh, I have been working on art stuff, not any more crafting stuff. Nice. That's fun. Mm -hmm. All right. So I did acquire a thing. I am so excited about it. I got the pasta tarot. Oh, yay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So this tarot deck is so amazing. I am so excited. It came in this, like, 
the check like red and white checkerboard looking box and this was designed like by and for queer people like one of the co-creators is a drag queen named Isamia Mario it's the best drag name <laughs> it's really good and she does like all her outfits are like Italian American themed she's and the the creators um did this like did so many really funny videos like I'm gonna link this in the show notes you have to go like watch their funny videos like um it's just basically them making like fake little 50s italian movies about romantic strife but um and it's really like diverse and queer and like the ten of cups is a picture of marcia p johnson and sylvia rivera which is amazing um and everything about it just just cracks me up i i can't even the cards feel really good it's a nice thick deck Everybody mm-hmm. likes a nice thick deck. Yeah, thick. <laughs> Girthy deck. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's really nice and slippery, and I can't wait. I might do my first little, like, daily draw with this. Um, and I think they did really good with matching the pasta to the suits and everything in the cards. It's it's just it's just tremendous. Like, it is super fun. And it is all the imagery is based on the um, Smith Rider weight imagery. Like here's the eight of eight of mm-hmm. wands, mm-hmm. and it's just penne pasta, <laughs> like the the wands flying through the air. It's like the same thing. Oh, here's the high priestess nice. cooking away with the salt and pepper. Yeah, it's very much based on you know modern queer twists on the classic imagery, like the levers. Mm-hmm. There's kind of definitely like a femme person and then a little like gender non-conforming person in love there and that's really awesome it's it's good stuff i'm in love with it it. the pasta tarot (laughs) determine what you're having for dinner with it you really can pasta it's gonna be pasta but (laughs) what pasta oh my gosh and the the little booklet Mm -hmm. looks like a menu ah that's cute it's great. So it's got like it's little design. cliff notes on the cards and it's got a couple little like intro spreads. It's really, it's really well done. I love it. I can't wait to start using it. Nice. I ordered something, but it's not here yet because I just yeah. ordered it and it's a custom sweater quantity from Junk Yarn. Right. To make a new sweater. Mm-hmm. I so. can't wait to see that when it gets there. I'm excited see to see it. Nice. Nice. What sweater were you planning on making? I'm going to make the Mema pattern by Pippin Pern Knits, who designed the uh, top I made myself and the top I made you, the Mount Pleasant top. Mm-hmm. Nice. I really like. And is it a cardigan or a sweater? It's a open cardigan. Yes. It's going to um, be really fun. Yeah, I think it's going to be really nice. The The goal is something that I can put like over my outfits at shows if I am chilly. Awesome. Mm-hmm. well shall we jump into a cult corner yeah this one might be a bit of a clusterfuck but hopefully <laughs> not so i don't know it's kind of been on my mind which is all the media i've been consuming is just kind of the modern incarnations of the satanic panic and i know we talked a lot about or not a lot but we've talked about the satanic panic before and we've touched on a lot of these elements but just kind of like the way that that is enduring into modern times is something i thought was worth talking about again mm-hmm And it's basically just one big theme of 
the conservative backlash against a progressive society and how it just comes up over and over and over again throughout history and how we're still seeing it in modern times. I can't not bring up Roman history, so I'm going to do it. (laughs) So I really like the book Storm Before the Storm by Mike Duncan. He's one of my favorite Roman historians. And it's all about the fall of the Republic. The cliff notes of it is, and I'm not trying to like whitewash Roman history. Like there was still like horrible people doing horrible subjugation of underclasses. But the thing that led to the fall of the Republic were some politicians were are were lobbying for populist land reform and citizen rights to be citizenship rights to be extended you know to other you know cis het, white men like you know they were still excluding a lot of people less but there specific was this... cis het, white women <laughs> right right they were arguing that maybe some poor cis het, white men should maybe get citizenship rights and land reform and maybe like veterans too you know So that ended with these guys arguing for populist land reform, getting beat to death in the halls of their their political buildings with um, table legs and roof tiles. And that's never happened again in history. Um, We've never seen anything like that with mass rioting or when somebody says that maybe uh, more people deserve access to, you know, citizenship and land. Mm -hmm. And basically that led into a lot of civil wars. It led into, and also at that time, there were three slave uprisings, two in Sicily, which was kind of the breadbasket of Rome. So it was like an agricultural revolt. And then the Spartacus rebellion, which happened in the peninsula. So there were three slave uprisings in this time. And then like this eventually leads to the first triumvirate taking power, which is Caesar, um, Marcus Crassus and Pompey basically one extremely rich man and two extremely political men um, deciding how to run the country. And then that became, that led straight into having empires and not a republic. And it happened, this like conservative backlash to progressive movements happened most notably probably in Germany. The Weimar Republic, which happened in between the two world wars was democratic and they were doing some experiments with like progressive civil liberties and um, then the Great Depression in the 30s hit, and we all know what happened. And some bad actors kind of did some political upheaval in 1930s Germany. And we all know how that story ended. But now that we're in a day where there's maybe a little, I don't want to say a little less, but like a little less violence in politics, like it's become more of the satanic panic thing that we're more familiar with in modern times. And I know you had some stuff about like the sixties and seventies in here that kind of like set up the main satanic panic in the eighties and nineties. Yeah. So uh, in the seventies, we get some things that kind of like inform the, uh, I don't know, the visual aesthetic and some of the like story beats of the satanic panic because, and they're also kind of like were treated as a back, like people thought that, these things were like the actual devil coming uh, because of some progressive movements in the 60s and 70s, right? Like a really good example is the Manson murders because Mm -hmm. of the Helter Skelter uh, connection. Like that was used as like, oh, well, the Beatles are bringing like Satan into the world and, you know, people just freaking out about maybe some people changing and wanting to be more pacifist and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Also, there were some uh, media things that weren't like actual events, but like we talked about when we talked about uh, Ouija boards, the exorcist and the exorcist Mm -hmm. really 
does a lot to inform the satanic panic and like the kind of visual imagery cues that people are drawing on a lot of that fear is from the exorcist like is from they're they're trying to target like in the 80s and 90s satanic panic they're trying to target people who were kids when the exorcist came out and like those images of like you know the 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 vomiting and like the head spinning and whatnot demon possession uh Mm -hmm. as being like oh this could happen to your kids today and that like strikes a really primal fear in our hearts right Mm -hmm. that like something you were scared of as a kid could be happening today oh no yeah but like the stuff in the 60s and 70s was a clear reaction to like the late 60s mid to late 60s there was civil rights there was uh the first waves of feminism and there was reform within the vatican within the catholic church and like that probably that call towards more civil liberties and like easing up on religious dogma probably did kind of contribute to like that whole wave of like horror movies, like the Catholic horror movie genre and that sort of a thing. Yeah. And there's also, there are some historical events that there, while it's not really related to Mm -hmm. Satanism or occult religion, like Jonestown happened in 1978. So like that Mm kind of gives people a real world example of like, oh, this is what like occulty behavior is like. And even though that had nothing to do with Satanism, they will connect the two for Mm -hmm. future stuff. Yeah. And I guess we should have trigger warned at the beginning of this, but like, obviously the satanic panic uh, centers around satanic ritual child abuse, but I, we're not going to like describe anything. Um, But if that topic does turn you off, like we understand that you don't want to listen to the rest of us, but we're not going to describe any of the horrible accusations that people made. But actually the thing that kind of jumped me off to start thinking about this, we started watching season four of Stranger Things and there is, it was of course set in the eighties and there is a direct satanic panic thing with like a kind of like a culty themes, like D and D group getting straight up persecuted um, when bad things start happening in this town. And, um, and that, that made me think of how, how like that really happened. And I was explaining to my partner about how those things really like, this is probably a somewhat accurate portrayal of the feelings in the 80s and 90s because like we have the west memphis three which were three teenage boys i think the crime happened in 93 three little boys little grade school boys were found dead and horrifically mutilated and abused and three teenagers who played D, they liked like heavy metal music they had long hair they were all just you know rounded up and they there were some extremely questionable interrogation techniques one of the boys was um neurodivergent he had a pretty low iq and was pretty susceptible to to making a false you know like if you you get told you don't get to go home until you tell these people authority figures what they want to hear you're going to do it yeah um so there's like the forced slash coerced confessions and these boys were convicted like death row and multiple life sentences in 94 and they weren't they weren't released until 2011 and the police pretty much ignored that one of the murdered little boys had a really sketchy stepdad and they basically ignored the the more common result of like yes like children get abused all the time but it's rarely stranger danger um which is like what we grew up in the 90s with the stranger danger it's usually like a you know somebody connected Mm -hmm. to to the family that abuses or kidnaps a child and it's just like this mundane stuff and it's not it's not 
usually connected to a satanic cult. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that kind of leads into the whole like pop psychology of the recovered memories that you see a lot in the satanic panic in the eighties and nineties, which is just uh, like a different version of like a forced or coerced confession. Like you have all these children who may or may not have experienced abuse, but is there being asked leading questions by um, figures in law enforcement or figures in like psychology or therapists and stuff that are asking them leading questions. And these kids just come up with the most horrible things they can think of. And they, well, they really like in a lot of those uh, like interview style settings, the mm -hmm. adults are reacting positively when mm -hmm. the kids are coming up with this story. Uh, mm -hmm. So, but the adults are just like, are you sure that like, no, you know, like it's, it's not an, uh, unbiased interview with these kids like they are mm -hmm. leading the kids to right react a certain way right and as humans are social animals and other social animals too we are totally we're totally programmed to want to please the people in our group and uh, like a child will especially do that like they're seeing the responses from the person that's interviewing them and i'm like because you hear that's how even like like animals do this too like you hear about all these like miracle animals that can like do math and they're just like waiting for their their handler to like be happy when they've tapped the right amount of times so they're just looking for that cue and people are the same way like we look we see cues in the faces and emotions of, of other people. And they're, we do try and like satisfy people that way. Yeah. Um, and I guess we're kind of talking about the resulting investigation from the 90s satanic panic, but just in case you don't know, uh, basically there were a series of, there was one main daycare and then some other daycares that were accused mm -hmm. of this satanic ritual abuse of the kids that were going there. And mm -hmm. it just like snowballed into this big, like super intense investigation, even though like nothing was happening. It was, <laughs> it was all across Northern America. Yeah. And like, like there might've been cases where people in, like, I'm not saying in any of the specific satanic panic stuff where like children were being abused, but they weren't being mm -hmm. like abused in the name of Satan or asked to perform in all these horrible rituals. Yeah. Um, and this was kicked off by a specific memoir called Michelle Remembers. Uh, mm -hmm. That was a memoir that was like the, you know, kind of like recalling repressed childhood memories through a hypnosis and situation. And it was, it has since been super discredited. Mm -hmm. All the popular books that were, present in society at the time have these huge problems with it. So like in Michelle remembers the, the psychologist eventually marries the person who is said to have all these recovered memories. So like that's extremely unethical and the other big book, and it's mostly centered around um, surviving, surviving the more typical sort of abuse that people encounter but there's also the courage to heal which does include like a section on on satanic ritual abuse but that book was made by two um they're definitely like feminists and it was about trying to help help women recover from from sexual trauma but it was made by two women who are creative writing um creative writing workshop leaders like that was their wheelhouse they were they were creative writers they're not 
they had no training in psychology. And while creative writing and like art therapy can help, like these these people were well-intentioned, but they, they their inclusion, well, I mean, they just kind of got out of their lane. And while like it can help, like this book like has a really mixed review. Mm-hmm. Um, it the the fact that they included um large chunks of the book on satanic ritual abuse did did kind of hurt people because people were and they did also assert in that extremely popular book that like if you can't remember something, there's a reason why and it's horrible trauma. And right. so but like it blew up tons of families. Just don't remember things. Like mm-hmm. our we like to think of our memory that it is like this perfect like VCR and we can like pop the tape in and play it back and it's exactly mm-hmm. the way it happened. But like that is not how our brains work. Our brains are like they every time you remember something, you are distorting it from how it actually happened. You are like rewriting your own little like movie version of how it happened. So like every time you think of a memory, you are distorting that and adding more of your own bias to it. And mm-hmm. we just don't remember certain things. Like you're, you you don't record every aspect of your day as if you have a camcorder on you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's dangerous yeah. to say, like, <laughs> if yeah, you can't remember so guess, something, it's because something traumatic happened to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess that's kind of like an overview of conservative moral panics from, from the Roman Republic up till now. And you really see a lot of that now. And I kind of wanted to bring it up because, like I said, we're seeing it in the most recent season of Stranger Things, which is good, I think, for people to see, like, a somewhat accurate portrayal of prejudices that people had in the eighties. But there's also like a really controversial, like spiritual leader uh, called Teal Swan. And there's multiple documentaries about her and they do a pretty good series about it on conspirituality. I'm actually drawing a lot from the conspirituality podcast, which will be linked in the show notes. We talk about this all the time. And this person, Teal Swan, she says that she is a victim of satanic um, ritual abuse as a child and most tellingly she received therapy from Barbara Snow who was one of the original people in the 80s who was responsible or you know one of the psychologists or therapists that was very involved in the original satanic panic like what you're talking about about leading children into you know pleasing the interviewer with coming up with horrible things that may or may not have been true so yeah this person did did receive therapy from somebody involved in the original satanic panic. And it's, it's deeply problematic now because I I don't want to accuse someone of lying about their experience because we really should believe victims and support victims of any sort of trauma. But this person, Teal Swan, like her whole YouTube empire and like courses is like pretty culty and she does some really problematic stuff about um, her search engine optimization, really targeting people who are in a mental crisis. And those people are primed to get uh, involved in cult like groups that will take over your whole life. Mm -hmm. So we still have that going on. And obviously the most um, prominent bit of the satanic panic going on right now is the whole QAnon stuff. And that's all involved in like the save the children, the whole pizza gate and you I mean, know, the, the Wayfair that, thing. Like, yeah, the Wayfair thing and which uh, let's give small summaries of pizza gate and the Wayfair thing, just in case people don't know what it is. We're talking, oh. we, we are interested in this kind of culty behavior. So 
we are familiar with a lot of these stories. So I'm just concerned that we're like blowing past like the core stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically modern versions of like elite people have a conspiracy where they are trafficking children for ritual, like satanic ritual abuse. And the Pizzagate one was they thought that uh, politicians were doing it in DC out of a specific pizza joint. And one person did go in there with a gun to try and like liberate children from the, the non-existent basement of a pizza place. Yeah. Um, and the way the way for one is funny. I like the way for one. Uh, so the way yeah. for one is that there are certain pieces of furniture, like we'll say there's a dresser and the dresser, you know, how you, you title your furniture. Like if it was Ikea, it would be like a calyx or whatever. Uh, but mm-hmm. this dresser's name will be like Melinda or whatever. And yeah, a name. A name, like a girl name, because that's how a lot of furniture is named. Uh, mm-hmm. But people were seeing that dresser. And the way Wayfair works is that there are many, many listings for the same piece of furniture, right? And so people would see that same dresser under a different name for a different price. Uh, And the Wayfair algorithm basically is set to never have anything be out of stock on Wayfair. So Mm -hmm. how does that work? If something's out of stock, you can't sell it. The Wayfair algorithm will just make the price of the thing that's out of stock totally exorbitant so that no one will... Prohibitively expensive. Yes, so that no one will buy that thing. So, for example, if this dresser that a particular vendor warehouse is out of stock of, they might make that dresser $30,000. But that dresser's on the site under a different name for the $350 it should be. So people on the internet were like why is this dresser thirty thousand dollars and it's named melinda it's because it comes with a trafficked child inside named melinda and that's what you're paying for no evidence for this just pulling this out of their butts (laughs) and yeah so that has that sparked like a whole panic around wayfair trafficking children Mm -hmm. because their algorithm is goofy yeah, and the whole QAnon one is um it's the same it's the exact the same, same moral panic as the satanic panic in the 90s. Same ritual satanic abuse kind of thing, like that whole deal. With the added bonus of being extremely anti-Semitic. I mean <laughs> most moral a lot of moral panics have included extreme elements of anti-Semitism. It is yes. a thing uh, since Christianity has existed, there have yeah. been I mean, it's been so long, mm-hmm. but it's, it's pretty, it's been pretty, ex- I think the anti-Semitism is a lot more explicit in the modern QAnon stuff. I than think in that's the 80s right. Satanic panic. I think it's right. I think it was more coded in the 80s satanic pattern and more satanic panic and more hidden, but they're just like mm-hmm. yelling about it. <laughs> QAnon. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to, I will say like, uh, did I wear pagan things to protests in 2020 to set these people off? Yes. Did I get witch screamed at me with bullhorns in my ear? Yes. This is something that I experienced on the streets in 2020 quite accurately. They're real easy to rile up. If you've got the stomach for it, it's kind of fun. <laughs> it's really i mean it's sad in a lot of ways too but that and it's it's interesting because with the satanic ritual abuse and 
we were talking about this before we started recording these problems, like the problems of like child abuse and human trafficking exist. And these moral panics distract from real crimes, like real human trafficking and real child abuse, Mm -hmm. which is really frustrating because like in the modern QAnon people, they think that, um, you know, let's just call them banking elites and democratic politic politicians are drinking the adrenochrome of babies to stay young. And but it's it's not that it's it's that people in power abuse power like at the same time you have people thinking that that this like adrenochrome thing is going on jeffrey epstein is still managing the lolita express on his private island like that only stopped in the past few years when he got arrested and everything and you know everybody hopefully we all know what's going down with that mm-hmm. or has gone down with that but like it's not like a specific group of people in power but doing the satanic thing it's all people and like when you give people access to that much power and privilege they abuse it like if you've watched any of the jeffrey epstein documentaries it's it's comedians athletes politicians from both sides of the aisle that are going to his island and doing extremely sketchy stuff with these you know trafficked young women yeah it's a real bummer i think something that makes the current uh, moral panic like QAnon movement a little scarier than the 90s satanic panic uh, 80s and 90s satanic panic situation is that in the 80s and 90s it was like a f- religious fueled kind of movement right but right QAnon is kind of like a religion at this point so it's like just an amped up version of it and we're at the point where like QAnon has a level of political power that the people fueling the satanic panic of the 80s and 90s just like did not have uh that makes it kind of like extra scary say that it's just more explicit because there was still like christian conservative lobbying in like the 80s and 90s that was definitely a thing but it's a lot more out in the open now yeah i guess I guess it's there's not a middleman anymore because like in Mm -hmm. the 80s and 90s, there was still like there were there was a spectrum and like there were like the really like intense people Mm -hmm. and you could call the politicians on like getting some of their talking points from the really intense people and then they Mm -hmm. would backpedal a little bit. But like now there's just like people who believe in QAnon who are like, you know, in our government bodies. (laughs) And actively have, like, plans to get into more of our government bodies. So Mm -hmm. I guess we just wanted to chat about (laughs) moral panics over the course of history in general. And uh, one thing to think about with this having happened before many times is that, uh, you know, we we have some some ways to stop that (laughs) from happening again. Uh, or just some ways to curb it. Uh, so, like, you know, be informed. Check check on your family members if they're, you know, your people that are close to you that are saying some things that sound kind of wacky. Maybe see if they have, like, accidentally gone down a scary YouTube rabbit hole that has been informing them of some sketchy stuff. Yeah, that really is the difference, is now we have algorithms that, that are based off of outrage. Like mm-hmm. the more outraged someone is, the more likely they're going to click on something. And that's exactly what 
all these media, social media and online media companies want is the time and they don't care about the content. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So this was like a little bit of a deviation from our normal topics, but I enjoyed it. I think it was a fun discussion. If you liked this Mm -hmm. kind of discussion, uh, Lauren already mentioned the Conspirituality podcast. I want to mention Behind the Bastards. Uh, This will come Mm -hmm. up a lot in various different aspects of Behind the Bastards. And I'm also going to mention You Are Wrong About uh, because there are there is a series of Satanic Panic episodes on You're Wrong About and one of the podcast uh, hosts on that podcast is actually writing a book about the satanic panic so yeah and i just think it goes goes to show how important it is to be a student of history so you can see the patterns repeating itself like um currently like listening to a book with my partner about the black panther party and i can just see the the cycles happening again Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of direct parallels and like and it goes all the way back. There's like the Roman history, the history of, you know, like Germany in the 1900s and like what is happening in our country. I think it's like I said, it's important to be a student of history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good way to end that on not a total bummer note. I tried. Good job. I didn't think of that far ahead. I'm like, I just want to talk about the Romans. <laughs> they were terrible. Oh. <laughs> Well, I think that's it for it was a pretty lengthy occult corner, which I don't have a problem with. And now we can get on to some shameless self-promotion. You're going to have a B-grade sale coming up. I am. I'm going to have a B-grade sale. I'm hoping it's going to be this week, the week that this episode drops. Uh, but, you know, you know, who knows what I'm going to do with my Emily time and my Emily productivity. Uh, but that's mm-hmm. my goal. I'd like to have a B-grade sale up this week. Uh, if you want to know if that's happening in a more concrete way, uh, sign up for my email list. You can do that on my website, kittywiththecupcake.com. I will send you an email when the B grades are up. They'll probably be up for like a week or two and then they'll go away for a while. And for somebody who's not involved in the cult of collecting pins, B grades are. Oh, thank you. Maybe. (laughs) Yes. They are enamel. They would be enamel pins in Emily's case that are maybe not exactly perfect. Maybe there was a wrong color or maybe like a little. A little bit of the metalwork isn't perfect, but they're still large. They look exact, you know, you'd really have to look to tell, because I have a couple of her B grades that I really like. Um, they're just like, you you know, the special unique ones that didn't come out of the cookie cutter perfectly right. And they're sold at a discount. Yeah, they'll be sold at a discount. And they're perfect for if you're going to like put it on your bag or somewhere that's going to be in like a high abrasion area where it's going to get scratched mm-hmm. anyway, then you can mm-hmm. spend a little bit less money on that pin. I will be doing some Instagram posts and some uh, TikToks explaining what B grades are. And I will have videos and pictures to demonstrate some of the different examples. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. So if you're looking to find any more information on us, including show notes for what you just heard, links to my yarn, Emily's patterns and merch, links to our Patreon, where we have a whole other podcast for patrons. Ooh, it's fun. And we have a rad discord full of awesome, crafty, witchy people. So head on over to fibercoven.com if you're interested in any of that information, and that will direct you where you need to go. Yay. So until next week, Kevin, keep making yarn magic. Bye. Bye. Bye.